0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are the lip Slayers, Tony and Clem. Our mission, as always, is to bring global awareness to the general public while exposing the legacy media and its demonic globalist overlords. How are you doing today, Clem? I'm really good, Tony. Well, points made on the last show that we covered. We went through a good bit of history. The Frankfurt School coming out of Europe, bringing its uh, Marxist socialism to the United States. Failing initially to implement it with the have and have-nots narrative, they morphed it into the oppressed versus the oppressor. Now, after uh, this latest school shooting, we saw the phenomenon of everyone is a survivor. uh, And because this is dominating the airwaves so much, we feel we have to address it. Uh, Clem, where do you think this narrative is going?
1: Well, let me ask you, Tony. What, What was the narrative before the school shooting? happened before uh, before this pretty much became the 24-hour news cycle uh, this whole debate about the Second Amendment and the role and impact that it had uh, on the school shooting all the failures of the police et cetera. what was going on in in the news the day prior the day of and even the, a couple days after the shooting
0: oh could that be the unbelievable revelations of a previous administration spying on a current administration.
1: Yeah, Roger. So, uh, we've seen the, uh,
0: which is funny because I actually even on my own social media that after the Nunes memo dropped, uh, that I said, this is prime time. Everyone be aware this is prime time for a narrative changing false flag. I mean, the, the, on top of just the memoirs revelations on the FISA court abuses, it was also just the revelations of the Steele dossier, its origins, and all the other things. I mean, so tremendous things were being exposed, and there was no media that were able to shake it because it was so unbelievably uh, powerful. And then, as always, uh, the left loves when a tragedy like this hits because look what we are looking at now. There's nothing else on the TV but this,
1: right? And it's it's what you could easily, uh, you know, point out as a shift in the in the social consciousness. So the focal point of the social consciousness has now moved away from uh, the misdeeds, the unlawful spying, the corruption of the previous administration, who had a full support. Of the establishment media complex, who is, you know, engineering the social uh, consciousness focal points, you know, it's been moved away. So they've they've now turned all the attention uh, uh, onto this debate about the Second Amendment and away from, you know, potential treason.
0: I mean, and, and true true to the fact of treason not not in the way that uh the legacy media has been throwing around every other false rumor as treason because i mean another point the matter was that this mueller investigation was crumbling before our eyes that they needed to get the heat off that their shining hero in this whole matter which is mueller's investigation and turn it into something else and and turn it back to something that Amazingly, under Barack Obama, multiple school shootings happened and no actions were taken. But now you're seeing the legacy media pushing the public to a, uh, to a thought of, which is actually hilarious, that Donald Trump should do something. Now, this is a man they've been calling Hitler for the last two years, and now they're begging Hitler to disarm them. It's, un- it's unbelievable.
1: Well, you know, point point back to the to our last show and you know, I would I would make the argument today that it's that that what you just said demonstrates that it's not really about the core issues and it's about keeping the people either not talking about substantive issues or get them all cackling uh about things that don't matter. And uh, to that end I would say that this this notion that the Second Amendment is somehow gonna go away or be repealed is ridiculous. It's not going to happen. And none of the proposals that are being put on the table are actually going to ever prevent or could have prevented somebody like the shooter in Florida from coming in and killing a bunch of people again. Now, the bottom line is it is the the deprivation of individual citizens to maintain their right to self-defense is what's laid the laid the groundwork out there for somebody like Cruz to come in and, and kill everybody with unopposed. So there's no action. So nobody's trying to actually resolve any of this. This is all just being used as a way to control the public speech. Uh, just like we talked about in the last episode, you know, how the social engineers do that by pitting people against each other. And, uh, in, in, and, and we see that now kind of go into a fever pitch. You got the second amendment supporters, you know, freaking out. Oh, they're going to take the second amendment. No, they're, they're not, uh, they don't have the power to do it. Uh, and then you got the the pro-statist solution people, you know, you're right. The the irony here is, is, you know, they want more power to the state and less power to the individual liberties. Uh, and they're trying to grant that to the guy that they painted as Hitler for the last two years. I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense.
0: It It truly does. I mean, it's, If you look at what everyone keeps saying about what they're asking for more background checks more of all the same more of the same if you look at it they literally had the scenario they want it already existed it already existed all these background checks all of these you know checks and balances and all these things are supposed to prevent people from getting guns they're already in place the school is disarmed no one in the school had a gun okay and they're begging now for the government to step in when the government was there and was the only one armed and failed to protect everybody.
1: Yeah, except there was there was somebody at the school that had a gun, but it was only on the approval of the government through licensing, background checks, etc., and he failed to, to protect anybody. In fact,
0: that's was the more point. Than of, one. Yeah, and that's the exact point I'm making: is they're telling everyone they need more training. The gov you know, the gun needs to be registered. The government needs to approve the person to walk around. It's like you in this police officer and this is no dig on police officers. We you were a military police officer. I I worked with police officers for years. We love respect them for what they do. But in this exact case, he was a representation of the government. He was the trained one. He's the one that went through the background check. He was the one that was armed. He was the one that had body armor and he was his responsibility. Uh, at least so the way the public would see it, not constitutionally, you wouldn't be able to go into that. But it was his job to intervene on behalf of the people that had been disarmed.
1: He failed. Right, except the problem with that, Tony, is that the, 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 the Supreme Court has ruled that police do not have a duty to protect.
0: Okay. And that's what I want you to go into, because I'm I'm saying the public's perception would be that he had an obligation to act, and well, I want and you to go in and say how he did it.
1: And how and he that's did the it. scam right? This is the scam argument that, hey, we're going to talk you out of you- ex- exerting your own right to self defense and the remedy you know instead of and we're not just going to leave you you know indefendable, we're not going to leave you vulnerable because we're going to provide you with the means to protect you, yet at the same time, the very courts have ruled the Supreme Court has ruled that police do not have a duty to protect, meaning. That an officer can stand there and witness a tragedy going down where an armed person is killing an unarmed person, and if he doesn't do anything about it, he cannot be held responsible. Okay, he cannot be punished. he can't be sent to jail. There's no threat against him, and and there probably shouldn't be, right? But it just it, it exposes the contradiction here uh, that the government's trying to put forward a uh, correction, the uh, the the contradiction that the statist solution. And those in the, in the Democrat media complex, the establishment media complex, the solution that they're trying to put forward is actually set the stage for this. Right. So all their solutions to this point have have propagated the very environment in which a shooter can go in and commit a school shooting. And uh, the only thing that's going to stop that guy is somebody with a gun. If if it's a policeman who is not obligated to do it then how is that a fair exchange? How is it that how is that a fair exchange? If I, you know, if I ask you to give up your right to protect yourself, because I'm going to protect you, but then if I don't protect you, there's nothing that can be done about that. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So the the answer here is a respecting of the individual right to keep your arms. Like the coach that was the only thing he could do was shield those kids uh, and die because he didn't have the means to protect himself. Had he had that choice, maybe that would have been different
0: absolutely, the point, absolutely.
1: That, the point being is that it's a, this entire argument is not actually about whether or not we're going to have a school shooting again because that's going to happen whether or not we're going to have somebody who shouldn't have access to firearms gets their hands on one and goes out and kills that's all going to happen none of these none of this conversation is about actually changing that but what it is and, doing is heads, keeping heads, heads, oh,
0: and and by saying that i mean you can see it, the the actual use of the term
1: school shooting is, yeah that's part of the common that's, that's in common use today, right? School shooting. you say school shooting, everybody knows what you're saying. What have you said police shooting, police station shooting, or what have you said? you know uh, gun show shooting? When was the last time we heard either one of those terms used? Because there is no shootings at gun shows. There are no shootings at police stations. If they are, they're shut down very quickly. There certainly is not seventeen dead police officers at a police station being gunned down because somebody's not letting them. Uh, Defend themselves with their Second Amendment right,
0: unless you're watching Terminator (laughs) One.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, it's a fantasy. This is all fiction.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, for people at home, give give a a brief background on the Second Amendment, and not a way of a historical. uh, But why? I mean, because we're told to believe all the subject matter experts, the subject matter experts, the experts to taught us, well, all these experts came up with these regulations and these, these whole ludicrous policies that have led to nothing but shooting after shooting after shooting. Who are the real subject experts that we should be listening to?
1: Um, I think that would be the guys that actually fought and beat the British Army. And threw tyranny off right these are the guys that set the Second Amendment in place after much debate and careful thought they came to the conclusion that after they beat tyranny after they threw off the king and established freedom for everybody even the people that didn't want to get out there and fight the British Army that that going forward one of the key uh, rights that has to be observed is the right to self-defense the right to keep and bear arms and that You know it complements the right to free speech uh because if you don't have the right to keep bare arms what's to stop the government from coming in with guns and telling you to shut up that you can don't have a right to speak what are you going to do about it i mean we saw a pretty good example of this notion that uh the people when they're armed can't fight back and establish their right to speech with the with the bundy ranch situation now i don't care which side of the of that whole development you fall under the court has thrown out the prosecution by the Bureau of Land Management against the Bundys. They set them free. They were not found to be guilty of anything. Uh, and the fact remains is that you had a government agency come out uh, to tyrannically squash somebody's free speech rights, and they brought guys with guns, and the people showed up with guns, and guess what? The right to speech was upheld, and people were allowed to speak freely. Which is the there's whole reason. There's a real, there's the a real world amend, example. Yeah. I'm sorry, say again?
0: Oh, absolutely, I say, which is the whole reason that the First Amendment is put before the Second Amendment—not just you know by numbers, but actually by meaning. Uh, you know, by by as, as far as what it's meant. You have to have the first. You have to have the right to say something, and then you have the right to prevent somebody from keeping you from saying it.
1: Yeah, by by,
0: by force. force. By
1: force. Absolutely. You look I mean, at it, and we talked about this last time you look at places like Europe and you look at places like Canada, they do not have a right to free speech, and there are certain types of speech where if you say the wrong thing, guys with guns uh, back up people with pens who then uh, fine you and threaten you with taking your money, and if you refuse to pay the fine, then they send the guys with guns to take you off to jail. Okay, there's a reason that, that that doesn't happen here, and it's not just because we celebrate and embrace the right to free speech. It's because we have the Second Amendment to support that right to free speech.
0: And I always laugh at, you know, when people try to say, well, oh, I'm anti-gun. Well, it's like, In reality, no, you're not. You're not anti-gun, because that would mean you believe that nobody, not the government, not anybody should have a gun. You're just pro-centralizing gun ownership. Right. I Absolutely. mean, that's all you're really, that's all, because you're, you're, you're completely in favor of people with guns coming to take people's guns from them. I mean, people from the government coming. I mean, how are you going to? How would you expect them to disarm the public by showing up with what? Smile. It ain't going to yeah. happen. You're, so you expect violence and, and weapons to be used in the confiscation of the population's weapons. So it's a, the whole idea that someone says they're anti-gun is ludicrous. It's a complete lie.
1: No, it is, and then there's we just gun,
0: gun centralists.
1: Yeah, and I just gave you an example of when the the people themselves lawfully used firearms in the defense of their free speech against a tyrannical government in our time. Okay, and we also see the failure of government to live up to its end of the exchange of give up your right uh, to defend yourself will defend you, and then they failed to defend them. And and again, these both these examples for me just point back. To the idea that the narrative change that occurred after the school shooting was not actually about any valid or warranted you know concerns or discussions about the merits of the Second Amendment again addressing the question I mean the, the highest echelon of subject matter experts were in fact the guys that won our freedom on our behalf before we were ever born by defeating a tyrant and his armies, and those are the subject matter experts that put that into the Constitution of recognizing the pre-existing right of self-defense. And it has been the continual tinkering of that right that has set the stage, like we saw in Fort Hood, where you have a bunch of people that are disarmed, and you got a guy that is armed, and it's a it's a killing field.
0: I think that's actually a perfect uh, perfect analogy we can use. So you actually having um, um, some actual personal knowledge of that event. Let's uh, paint paint out the whole because I've seen the meme going around social media. uh, Some one clown put a meme up that said, "You know the Fort Hood shooting. You know you had a whole base of armed people trained to use them, and they all still got killed by a man with an AR-15, which was already there." uh, Speaking of false. Uh, statement right there because the guy was using a handgun anyways, but as a military, former military police officer, why don't you explain exactly who can be armed on a military base and you actually knowing someone that was there was a victim of the event, explain exactly the whole scenario.
1: Right. Well, Alonzo, correction, staff Sergeant retired Alonzo Lunsford was the first shooting victim and he is a friend of mine and I've talked to him about that day. Um, He's standing there, uh, gunfire starts going off, and he, you know, unarmed, nobody nobody there. It was at the Soldier uh, uh, Readiness Processing Center, known as an SRP. People standing around getting um, vaccinations, and they're filling out their last wills and testament, you know, before they go overseas, um, whatever. But nobody on base is armed, except for military police officers. And so this guy comes waltzing in with a, with a handgun, starts shooting people. Um, well, starts firing off rounds. Uh, he hadn't actually uh, hit anybody yet because this dude saw the saw him pull out the gun starts running towards him. He gets shot in the head and the chest, I think it was, or it could have been the chest and the head. It, at any rate, he's shot twice, falls to the ground, he's bleeding, and laying there realizing that he's not dead, <laughs> that he's not dead and he's not losing consciousness, so he makes a decision, hey, I've got to do something. Gets, in the meantime, Nidal Hassan is has trained his weapon on other people shooting them who are also defenseless, uh, many people are trying to flee now, and they're getting you know stuck at the doorways or whatever. Uh, some other people are still trying to charge him and he's shooting them. So Alonzo gets up and tries to charge him again. And now we're talking about like a six foot nine. I mean, look him up; he's easy to find on the internet. This guy's six foot nine and like three hundred fifty pounds. He's anything but a little guy, and he is full force charging. He's
0: basically basically the juggernaut without his helmet.
1: He is, and he is trying to run this guy down. Well, guess what? You can't run faster than the muzzle velocity you know, of the pistol that Nidal's son was using. So he ends up shooting five more times for a total of seven shots, which he survived miraculously somehow. Um, and Nidal's and oh, by he the way, one about. of the stories that you never hear about in the media was that this guy had practiced for this and he was counting his rounds. So as he was getting near to the end of his uh, of his magazines, he was already reaching for the next magazine. To to put in the gun so he could quickly reload to continue to engage, and the only people that stopped him, of course, were the MPs, because federal law at the time, federal policy was that highly trained soldiers who know how to use weapons can't be trusted with weapons unless they're on duty as military police officers on a military installation in the continental United States. And how does that make sense? Uh, It
0: does, and it puts many of these soldiers too, where this was going to be, you know, the next. Tour of one they had just come off, a of multiple tour veterans that are coming back, and 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 you and I both can speak from experience. Of this we're both Iraq veterans. We uh, worked together back in 2003. So you and I had a gun on us everywhere we went when we were in the shower, taking a crap, sleeping. I had a pistol under my pillow, and I never had an accidental discharge. You never had an accidental discharge the rarity of the amount of people they were carrying in this area. I mean and nobody was doing nothing. But when we come back to the states, you're disarmed and I could only imagine what type of government we were under that made
1: that law. Well I mean you gotta ask yourself who benefits from that law. Who is it that you know, it's it's all about virtue signaling and making people feel good.
0: Um about and by it. the way, that was that was Bill Clinton who passed that law.
1: Yeah. Of course it was prior to that and and now I believe um, it is up to a uh, post commanders uh, whether or not they're gonna let and I think now Fort Hood because there was a second shooting imagine that a guy gets away with it and then there's a second time But of course the second time people were a little bit more aware uh, and the body count was not nearly as high and but there was uh, shooting. Well, finally, the post commanders like, "Hey, you know what? We need to look at this." And they change the policy, and they start deciding that if you have a concealed carry permit and you're not on duty, you can carry. Okay, that's great. Um, but what if you're still part of the dozens of people standing around at an SRP, a soldier readiness processing point, uh, and some dude who smuggles a gun in starts opening fire. You're still minutes away from the military police responding. So by depriving Absolutely. individuals of their right to keep and bear arms, even in places like on a military installation, which seem uh, unconscionable, uh, by doing that, you're making these people targets. And I mean
0: that's you, I mean that's really what it comes down to. It is they. We've got to start. I, I mean, people got to start looking at: Do we continue to abide by this forced disarmament, or for at least Placing our children in environments, which I basically are calling schools basically murder holes now. There's no defenses for any of this. You know, when people start to look at the way they guard their money in a bank, everyone is completely fine with armed guards being at a bank to protect a bunch of pieces of paper with dead presidents on it. They expect it to have high security, state of the art of everything, and people there with weapons to protect it by force, but they don't want the same for their children.
1: Well, but you know, it's Tony, unbelievable heard, to me. Well, you know, I heard the father of one of the victims; uh, his daughter was killed, and he was featured on several shows that have, again, as you pointed out at the beginning of the show, have have completely changed the social uh, uh, focus here. He's, 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 he's advocating for this idea that, hey, we need to harden our schools, that we need to come up with solutions, we need to get with the experts and find out how we can make these schools, you know, more safe. Well, you want to know something? There's a place in America where everybody except the government is disarmed, and, and with, ex, with extremely rare exception, and I mean, like, very rare, nobody ever gets shot and that is prison. Okay, now even if you are going to make schools as secure as prisons, at some point there is still going to be an entry point where kids are going to be stacked up trying to get through the security entries, and now that becomes the new soft target. And it still doesn't solve the problem. Because it's not... I mean, that
0: that is a beautiful example of the use of a prison because you possibly cannot come up with a more, quote-unquote, secure environment to prevent people from doing illegal things. And there are drugs rampant in prisons, there are weapons rampant in prisons, they get cell phones in, I mean, they've got the of roots you ask anybody that works in a prison, they don't say they're in charge. Okay,
1: well, and I'll tell you, so, one of the reasons for that is because of their corrupt partners. All right, because look, the founders understood that Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely, and that eventually people will move towards corruption, given time. And and this is not a slide against our corrections officers. They're amazing people who do amazing work, uh, and, and most of the time what they're doing is necessary. But even amongst those who have sworn to protect their communities and sworn to do the job as a correction officer, they get bought off. They're corruptible and, and again at the beginning of the show we're talking about how we've got a current administration spying on an incoming administration it is the epitome of corruption at the highest levels in our government so there's no there's no reason for anybody to believe that if we continue down this path of transferring rights from the people to the government that the government's the only people that can protect our kids that they're not going to become corrupt okay and somehow or another still put our kids at risk if nothing else by failing to respond, I mean, okay, so okay, let's build a let's build a school that's just like uh, a prison. Okay, in fact, let's go ahead and do like Texas. Some smart people in Texas have decided, hey, we're going to put a substation on the school grounds. Great idea, and I don't disagree with it. It's it's all public money, it's all county money, and it's state money coming together with some federal help. And you know what? Why not why not piggyback the the properties? You can sell the police stations, move the police stations onto the campuses. It's all great. I got no problem with that. But at some point, the children getting into that secure area are still going to be vulnerable to attack. And in that moment, you're going to still need individuals with firearms to stop the attacker. And you can't do that unless you're respecting the individual right to keep and bear arms.
0: I mean, that's just it. Only you can protect you, and only you can protect what's yours. And that's your family, and that's yourself, and I think that's a great place to end. Uh, this episode. Thank you very much, Clem. As always, you're uh, the mountain man, the mountain sage of wisdom. And we hopefully can get people to start realizing that deception is there. This is not about children to these people, they could care less about it. Because we've seen uh, the example given by our founders is the example to be followed. Um, they knew they are far wiser than any politician that shows up to on the street today. So let's put faith in their wisdom being that they are the ones that rebelled from tyranny. And I think with that, I'll end with a quote from Edmund Burke, that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. God bless you and God bless America.